Right, welcome to episode 40 of the Cake Watch podcast. 40. It is also literally exactly one year since our first episode. Is it to the day? It is to the day. To the day? Wow. To the day. The first episode was recorded during the lunch hour. It was, yes, yeah, so it was. <laughs> the, own, the first and only time. No, I did it once. One other time with Ian Bond it was the only other time I've ever recorded a lunchtime Cake Watch. And here we are, and um, I am very happy to be joined by Steve Bullock. I'm back a bit. <laughs> I haven't introduced myself though. I forgot, no, you haven't. You I should do, to do no, that. You should do that bit. So my name for is for the fortieth time. For the fortieth time, my name is Chris Kendall. I am an EU official, um, working, slaving in the paper mines of the European <laughs> Commission um, for over twenty years now. Um, but podcasting in a strictly personal capacity. And Steve, I, I can't, I cannot tell you how happy I am to be doing this with you again. Uh, oh, it's really great to be back. It's really great to, it's really great to see you. I've really missed you, actually. You don't really, like, you, you don't really, when you, when you have an appointment to see somebody once a week and you stop doing it, <laughs> it's a big, it's a big hole suddenly in your life, you know? Like, like your therapist. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Look, um, tell us a little. We know, we know, we know a little bit about why you were um, not on the podcast. Yeah, I want to say I want to say thank you very much to you and to Laura for the podcast that you did on the effects of Brexit and mental health. Actually, I thought it was a really brilliant podcast, and <clears throat> you'll have seen you got loads of feedback from yeah. from people saying how helpful it was. Just that somebody was talking about it, you know, and I really felt that as well. I mean, it really helped me and. Yeah, I had a uh, moderately significant depression episode, and I mean, I have depression. Yeah, it's not an it's not a new thing, but normally it works in a kind of cycle of you know two or three or four years between between episodes, mm. and um, yeah, this was kind of the third in you know six or eight months. So, so is there anything going <coughs> on in the world that might have? <laughs> Well, I mean, I think it's just a sort of relentless grimness. Yeah. You know, I mean, the the, the total the total lack of good news. Um, although we did have some good news just before we started recording, that Chris Grayling has been <laughs> expelled from Calais, which I have to say is the best news I've heard in ages. Yeah. No, this this is this is a, a, a massive Brexit silver lining. Yeah. And I mean, I never, I've, yeah, I've, I always feel like I got into this a little bit a little bit by mistake. I mean, I'd left the. I'd left the civil service to run yeah. away to open my recording studio. Yeah. And then this happened and I pressed on. And then, you know, after a while I realized that maybe I had some insider expertise that was lacking. Because most people have, most people who've done this are either still doing it or and can't talk or are working for private firms whose next client might be, a, you know, might be a lever. Yeah. Um, so they have to be very careful. So there weren't very many people who had left to do something unrelated and are self-employed and could just say whatever the hell, you know, they thought was right. 
Well, yeah, yeah, I thought of ended up in this bow a bit by. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, mistake, yeah, you know, you know what your mistake was. Your mistake was that when you left, you left to pursue your dream of opening a recording studio, <laughs> and that was your mistake because you opened a recording studio. So naturally, I was like, "Well, who can I do a podcast with?" <laughs> that if is- only I knew an expert on the EU. <laughs> with experience in negotiations who owned a recording studio. <laughs> and we know I get on quite well and we know each other and oh no I had actually been uh, it'd been it'd been uh, a couple of months at least that I'd been toying with the idea before I even broached it with you I thought you know what Steve would be great at a podcast I'd love to do a podcast with him I could, te- I, I could tell it had been simmering because when we yeah. meet, met to talk about it yeah. I did this very British thing at the end of kind of saying, oh, well, that's really good. You know, let's uh, yeah, let's find try and find a date, and then you know, next few weeks to do it, and you know, we'll be in touch. And you got your phone out and started going, how about next Tuesday? <laughs> <laughs> so I thought you must have been ruminating about it for a while. Well, that's just, just me being German. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, you invited me for lunch. How lovely. When you're free. <laughs> Shit, I wasn't actually inviting him for lunch. I was just being nice. <laughs> Rock up at your front door with my sleeping bag. <laughs> yeah, you invited me to. You remember? You said I could come and stay with you whenever I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly like that. That's exactly yeah. what happened. Yeah. So, but also thanks for everyone who sent me nice messages and stuff. I mean, it really, that really, it was really nice and really, it was really nice to. I mean, it was worth it to get all those compliments. Really. And I mean, I think you know, yeah, of course, obviously, it's, uh, you, you, you fake the entire thing. No, look, I mean, I think, I think, I think it's fair to say that um, we're doing this, but that doesn't mean that you're better. No, but I mean, I am much better than I was. But you're much I mean, better I am, than you I am. Very, very significantly better than I was. And yeah. I mean, it's definitely, it's really helped to to talk about it. I've got some help, um, and um, I've been really pleased that maybe even in a little way. It's contributed to people talking about it on Twitter, and I've seen a few newspaper articles. Yeah. Not that I think the newspaper articles were a result of me having depression, but and it's been it's been something that's building up, been building up for a lot of people, and hasn't really been talked about and hasn't been reported. And I'm really glad that it is that it that it is being discussed. And I do think I don't think you have a responsibility to talk about it, but I always feel that if I if I <clears throat> if I do feel sort of well enough to. And I have, in general, fairly mild depression. I mean, I think this is the worst, probably joint worst it's ever been. But in general, I mean, compared to most people who have depression, mine is pretty mild on a day-to-day, month-to-month kind of basis, you know? Um, I think other people have it have it much, much, much worse. Um, I mean, people I know do. Um, so I think those who, are, if, those who are able to talk openly about it, if they can, I think it's also... It's important, It's, it's, yeah. it's useful to other people... Who might want to talk about it and don't feel that they don't and, feel that know, they can. People, yeah, and people don't necessarily recognise the symptoms or, 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 you know, that I think I think it's very important, and I, th- I think that also it, 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 one shouldn't underestimate the impact that political crisis in a country and uncertainty over the future yeah. can have. We, we, you know, there's all sorts of books out there that you can read on um, how security is a fundamental human need. Uh, in relationships and, and, and why, in, you know, in, in general terms in life. That's what kids re- uh, need most of all, for example, is, is just security, just yeah. routine. And, 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 and that's what this has done. And, and crisis is 
incredibly damaging for mental health. And you look at, for example, I'm not comparing the Brexit to what's happening in Syria, but you look at how um, Syrians have been impacted by the yeah, civil war okay. and what an awful toll that's taken on, on them and their mental health. And um, we shouldn't be, be all British about this. We have to yeah. acknowledge that this is, this is a crisis. Many of us feel deeply worried about our futures and what's happening to the country. Uh, and we'll talk about why again, as we yeah. do every week. And and um, so I've it's absolutely that, reasonable. I've heard that from a few people, including including psychologists, that you should <laughs> that actually the, the this sort of reaction to it is uh, is less weird than yeah. people just cracking yeah. on. Yeah, it's, it's not insane. <laughs> if, if, if the situation is insane, the same thing to do is to <laughs> is to, to go a bit insane. Yeah, yeah absolutely. No, no, I mean, we don't, that's not the preferred nomenclature nowadays, Chris, by the way, but um, <laughs> <laughs> fucking batshit mental is not, that's not what we call it now, okay? Um, well, I've been politically incorrect again. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. Um, yeah, absolutely. And um, just the, there's so much at every level for the worrier yeah. to worry about. And the more you, un- I think the more you understand, the more depressing it Get. I think that's fair to say. I'm not saying anybody's got a a monopoly on it at all. Um, a monopoly on worry or a monopoly on on, on suffering from this. You know, I'm, I'm definitely not saying that. But you know, you've got from very existential stuff about whether not just whether you're allowed to stay where you are, but whether you're well, whether you're remotely welcome to stay where you are. You've got the concern about future generations. You have ex. I have. I mean, I certainly have hugely existential stuff about the future and stability, you know, uh, Europe and the UK in sort of geopolitical terms um, and cooperation going forward, particularly if there's, you know, acrimonious no-deal blame myths that we've talked about a lot. Um, but, you know, and 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 then you have whether people are, are going to keep their jobs or whether their businesses that are reliant on something will survive. And everyone... Uh, then you've got all your friends and family as well, you know. So, so, that, so this worry, this worry spreads out. You know, I mean, my 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 mum's. Uh, I don't. I've just realised I probably shouldn't say how old my mum was. She, she she does listen, and she probably won't be happy. <laughs> Sorry, ma'am. Uh, but yeah, my my mum's uh, over seventy, and her and uh, her and my stepdad, you know, take take drugs for a variety of, of ailments. You know, and it's it's. Mm. deeply worrying about that i've got a young son and i worry about the europe that he's you know what a, what impact potentially having a recalcitrant you know aggressive <laughs> bitter and angry uk on its doorstep will, will, will be in a country that had um conscription until relatively recently you know um so yeah i mean that so so you know it's worrisome at all every level plus you have plus you have i think the overall effect of being gaslighted I mean, gaslighting is a form of a form of psychological abuse, in which you simply deny reality. You simply create a different reality for the for the for the person that you're the, that you're abusing, and that's what's being that's what's being done here. I mean, absolutely without a doubt, things that we know to be false um, are spoken of by r- reasonable, intelligent people as if they were real when they're mm. not. You know. Um, so I mean, the, you know, so the the 
I have long thought, I've long thought that the British government is essentially gaslighting its own its own population. Um, you know, it's less than a year ago that the Prime Minister was still saying that the entire trade deal would be done before yeah before <laughs> Brexit. You know, so they, and this just this just builds this just builds up. And if you're prone to it, and if yeah. you can be prone to it for a long time, and you need a tri- the, the way in general, I find depression works is different for everyone, but. One thing that I find fairly constant is that you have you have ups and downs, but when but crisis points are really come at, come as a result of a come as a result of a trigger. So if you, if you have a propensity towards it, or you have something underlying, it can stay underlying for a long time and then be be triggered quite disastrously, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think it's uh, it's pretty normal that this kind of stuff would would do that. And I think it's particularly difficult, and not, and not at all for me, because I'm in Belgium where this isn't, you know, where this isn't the case. But I've always said that the, this, you know, division of the country into winners and losers, where winners have the whip hand over the over yeah. losers, you know, this sort of raw majoritarianism, um, is, and weakness is weak. You know, the losers yeah. are losers because they're weak, and the yeah. winners are winners because they're strong. You know, this is this this has a, a atrocious psychological effect on both sides. Yeah. Actually, it has a terrible psychological effect on the people who consider their winners as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I think we have a mental health crisis. We we do, and I think you're right to um, go from the particular to the general. I think I think you're you're absolutely right. I think that we are part of the problem here is that we are um, living through an experience where. An, a large number of the people that w- are our fellow countrymen are behaving irrationally, and it's not even irrationally; it's irrationally. Yeah, it's it's it's, 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 <clears throat> with, it's without reference they've to rationality. Lost, they've lost. We, we, we're no longer following the same plot. No, they've no. lost the plot. They they are telling lies, doubling down on the lies. They are obviously lies. It's become a faith thing. It's become, you've got a, a, a nation of two tribes now. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a cargo cult. It's a, you've got, you've got the, the cultists yeah. who happen to be in charge, unfortunately, and then you've got the people who, who can see it. So yep. you've got a bunch of people who um, are absolutely convinced to an irrational and irrational degree that they are right because it's a faith. And then you've got a bunch of people who see that for what it is, uh, and the two simply can't connect in any way. And no, they're, there's no they're, point. They're, they're incommensurable. Absolutely, yeah. it's, it's apples and oranges. Yeah. So you know, you've got a situation like you had in the religious wars of the sort of 16th century, where you've got yes, people yeah. who simply cannot connect. They just can't connect. They are they are incapable of connecting. And it's the, also over something as pointless and stupid as transubstantiation as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, hang on a second. No, I'm sorry, but the, but the, the, the future of a federal Europe is not as <laughs> a transubstantiation. No, 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 absolutely, no, 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 no. I mean, but, but the original, the original, you know, yeah. the original argument of, of sovereignty and being ruled yes. by, you know, I mean, yes, exactly, yeah. So you know, so um, my, well, gosh, look, look at us. We've dealt, we've dived straight in, haven't we? Um, which I suppose we always do. But um, yeah, it, it's perfectly rational to be absolutely off your face with um, fear and existential dread. I'm afraid, but um, and it's, yeah. I mean, yeah, and it's 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 not. Cheers, cake watchers. Well, I mean, some, sometimes <laughs> have a jaffa. <laughs> for me, sometimes I find that it's find that it's fear, but it's more of sort of um, it's more of, sort of deep foreboding. I I, I think which that's you see it. everything you see everything through this lens. Yeah, 
you see it sliding towards something horrible. You know, everything has this weight. Everything has this weight on it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, and it, it affect it affects everyone. But I mean, thanks so much. And I, I mean, particularly people who said it had helped that I talked about it. I'm really pleased. I mean, it genuinely is actually worth it. If it, um, yes. If it if if people feel like that, so um, I'm yeah. very glad if that's if that's been of any help. No, we we, we um, I also want to say thanks for the many really brilliant and positive messages, specifically about um, specifically directed at you, Steve, and wishing you well, and also about our discussion of of, of of the issues that we've just been talking about, but more generally, the really kind and supportive messages to us um, and the podcast simply for doing what we do, which is really just having that pub conversation that we would have been having yeah, in front of a couple of microphones. So so for this episode, we're actually back in the original spot. So yeah. normally, you, you won't see this because it's, radio, it's radio, of course, but usually usually Chris and I can't even be asked to to go the, what, two and a half kilometres yeah. between <laughs> where each other lives to be in the same room as each other. So we just do it by, we just do it by Skype. But the first one we did here... Uh, yeah, the first two, two or three, the first two or three we did here, and, and the we're first actually sitting in the same places. I mean, I made sure we were sitting in the same places yeah. as the first yeah. one as well. Yeah, it's exciting. So, what we thought we would do is this. So, we we're here. We've got birthday Jaffa cakes, which are not yeah. actually Jaffa cakes; they're Belgian pims, and they're exactly people, like Jaffa before cakes. People, I, oh, great, great, great. Just before people write in, I'd like to say that they're not exactly like Jaffa cakes. Are No, I mean they're a similar idea, but they're they're What's the they're, they're a poor continental simulacrum. I mean, well, I'm, I'm sorry. I, to me, they are exactly the same as Jaffa cakes. Well, yeah, in the sense that a Formula One car and a Renault Picasso are both cars. Yes, if anything, they are, they are superior because they have superior um, continental packaging. They're from Lou, créateur de biscuits. Uh, I did, and, and Lou, Lou are a very good biscuit. Mille huit cent quatre-vingt-six. No, not quatre-vingt-quarante-six. Uh, they are orange sinas apple collection Lou. Um, what else can I tell you about these wonderful things? They 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 have a little layer of uh, chocolate over the. Sorry, sorry, I don't know why Chris is filling in time here. We've got lots of oh, no shit. <laughs> okay, let's crack on. Well, so, so we, but we've had we've had anniversary pizza. Yes, um, and we're drinking anniversary beer for the for the beer lovers out there. We are drinking Saint Foyen. Saint Foyen, yeah, which is superb. It's very tasty. Slightly herbed. Yeah. Um, Let's just accept I'm having a coffee because I'm already yeah. feeling. So I, I um, well, to be fair, Chris has done a whole day of work and I haven't, so it's understandable he would be fading a bit. Yeah. Um, listen, um, what we thought we would do is re- think a little bit. I mean, uh, celebrate our first anniversary, Steve. I mean, I never thought <laughs> our paper I, anniversary. I never thought we'd do this for a year. No, I'd we. say. I mean, not even nearly. Not even, so. Yeah. So, no, it's very exciting. But what we've done is um, decided that what we do is listen back to our first ever episode and just do a little bit of a director's commentary on it. So I I started listening to it on my walk over. I managed to listen to about two-thirds of it. You were listening too. Um, one key difference between now and last year is that last year we did it, as we said, uh, during the lunch break and we were both hangry. And <laughs> I don't know what I, I am. I may be angry, but I am not hangry because I have just eaten an entire pizza and I'm yeah, feeling disgusting. I feel like I've had a whole, whole truck over, actually. Oh, and I've also had a bowl full of um, peanut-flavoured Watsits and I'm <laughs> literally 
It's, I've never felt so much disgust. Uh, Chris myself. has been on a health kick since Christmas, and then he's come around here, and I have just forced all this unbelievably unhealthy stuff down his throat. Feeling awful. He's, but, uh, he's got fatter while he's been here. <laughs> I've got you know that um, in, 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 in the Simpsons where Homer has his spot on the sofa Bell. and he sort of peels himself out of it. Like, I feel like that on, this, on, on Steve's sofa. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, so we're not going to play you the whole episode. What we're going to do is we're just going to we're going to listen listen back to it, uh, and we'll we'll drop in with some clips and a bit of uh, and a bit of commentary. Yeah, but it's worth you. prefacing by saying that we both had exactly the same reaction <laughs> yeah. when we when we listened back to it. We both had exactly the same reaction, which is, oh my god, Groundhog Day. Yeah, to it's co- unbelievable. To contrary to his own phrase, nothing has changed. <laughs> nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. So what was the first episode about? It was about nailing Doris Lane. <laughs> it was and about, blocking me, I think. Yeah, yeah it yeah. was about Customs Union. Customs Union, yeah. It was well, about, we've got the Customs Union policy yeah. totally. Both parties have yeah. got that totally sorted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was about the Northern Irish border. It was about cakeism. It was about... Um, and it was about Calais. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's it's literally... We literally could just put that out again tonight, Steve, and we would be job done. People would probably have forgotten last year, so they'd be like, okay, yeah, this is topical. Yeah. Actually, we'll do that. That'll be much better than... The only difference we'll is... We'll just we, the pub. Yeah. And, yeah <laughs> we, we, and a couple of points, we talked about it being 14 months away. Mm. And it's not 14 months away. So, yeah, this... What do you normally do in that? The, the BBC feels like, with Have I Got News for You, they say, this, this episode was recorded in... Yeah. 1997. Yeah. Tony Blair had just come to back. <laughs> so we can do that with this guy. So this was recorded 19, 19 months after the referendum, we said. Didn't we? Yeah, 6th, 6th of February. So we're now the, we're the 4th today, aren't we? But by the time we get this out, it'll probably be the 6th. Yeah, 5th. 5th. So there you go. So if we get it out tomorrow, it'll be exactly a year since the first one. Yeah. And um, it was 14 months to go. And now it's... Well, cast our mind back. So the negotiations had started the summer, at the end of the summer before, the mid-summer before. Yeah. With and the long, the, 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 the biggest fight, the fight of the summer, which lasted the summer. 20 yeah, which minutes. lasted 20 yeah. seconds. Yeah. And what happened was we'd had the um, agreement in principle of December endorsed by the council where the rough outline, there was the document that was gave the rough outline of what the, of the, was, what the withdrawal agreement would be. Which was sufficient... Sufficient, which was sufficient progress. progress. Sufficient progress, yeah. So it was that which prompted us to say, well, we know what this means. It means that we'll be in the customs union. Yeah. Because what they've said about Northern Ireland... Because they've agreed to the backstop. Because they've said yeah. that they will... Yeah, because of the backstop, because of what they've said about preserving the Good Friday Agreement, this means customs union. Because that's the only because possible, that's the way, only to possible way to do it. So we said that, and when we made a couple of predictions about what the government might do in the meantime to deny it, what we didn't predict was that the government's denial would continue right the way through <laughs> completion of the withdrawal agreement, signature of the withdrawal agreement, voting in Parliament to defeat withdrawal agreement. Still, they still, still today, she today we're still absolutely yeah. at exactly the same point. In fact, is, there's, a, there's a bit that we say in it where uh, we've done this wrong. We should have played the clips, but there's a bit where we say there was a meeting today to decide on the policy towards this 19 months yeah. after the referendum. Yeah. And there was a meeting today to decide... Yeah. <laughs> what, a year later, there was yeah. a meeting today with some fucking nutters yeah. 
to do the same thing. And again. there we were saying to each other one year ago that we couldn't have made it up. We could not have imagined that this far into the process. We never, we never imagined it would be this bad. We would never believe it would be this bad, this far this into the process. And, and here we are one year later with le- less than two months to go. And it's much worse. And, and it's, it's been even much, worse. Much worse than we imagined, yeah. At okay. every point, it's gone worse than we could have possibly predicted. Okay. So that set us up. That was actually everything I was going to say about the yeah. individual clips, but there we go. Let's do it anyway. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> let's have a listen. Okay. So, uh, yeah, let's get the uh, the cake watch time machine going. So, Steve. Hi, Chris. So this this was so I had this idea, which was that. Um, uh, if only I knew a guy, um, or a per- if only I knew a person who um, was an audio engineer with a sound studio and the equipment, uh, <laughs> who was interested in Brexit and talking about Brexit, that with whom I could just sit and rant, and um, and we could do a really great podcast because people would love to hear us. Of course, rant who, who wouldn't about who wouldn't? Brexit? Yeah. So one thing which. I've always struggled with, but I struggled with in particular right at the very beginning was <laughs> my. Well, um. The whole sort of appallingly poor professionalism for. I, I'm doing it now. I actually went. I actually went looking for, when we started. I went looking for a plugin, an audio plugin that would remo- um. remove ums. Yeah. I was, re- I was, I was. It was particularly that very first. It was like we were launching. Well, it was the first into time we'd done it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we didn't know anything about this, and we were a bit nervous. And, yeah, um, yeah. For me, it's you know, in yeah. the early ones, yes. just you know all yeah. the time. No, I was quite self conscious, and I, I, I'm, I'm still pretty bad at it, but I'm not as bad as I was then. But I was really, it was terrible. Um, mm, uh, mm, mm, no, it's not good. Mm. And people, people make comments about it too. Our very first review on iTunes was a one star review. It said, uh, Seriously? yeah, our very first <laughs> review was a one-star review saying some people, some people are just not meant to be podcasters. Snappy bastard. <laughs> and it's still, but I quite like that being the very first one that anybody ever sees because all the others were quite generous and nice. Because well, yeah, because we did all the other ones. <laughs> so, um, so what do you do? For, what do you do for a living, Chris? What's your day job? So I'm a Eurocrat. <laughs> <laughs> Just a laughing. What's with the constant laugh? That was very nervous. Yes, it was very nervous. Very nervous yeah. laughing, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's poor radio. It is. It is. We should have got some pros in to do this. Yeah. <laughs> Written scripts and, and stuff. Did we, did, now, you always do a, did you do a, a program notes for the, in advance for the first one? Well, we're about to talk about that. Are we? Yeah. Okay. Well, here we go. Uh, well, you're beyond that. I'd say I'm, I'm the ultra continuity remain <laughs> in the, you know, I, I think you know keeping opt outs and not joining Schengen yeah. is, is an acceptable outcome. Yeah, I mean, this, whereas whereas you're you're beyond that. You think, no, no, I'm I'm like looking at this as if this means that the UK leaves, goes through a period of soul searching, and then comes back with its tail between its legs, joining the euro, signing up to an EU army. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, okay, that was worth it. <laughs> I actually can't believe you said that. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so, so I said that 
sort of in jest. <laughs> but now I'm so 100%, 150% on that. Oh, yeah, but I think, I think a, a lot of people would say, the, yeah. would say the same thing as well. I mean, people... I mean, I know like an unbelievable amount more yeah. about the EU now than I did when I wor- when I worked in it. Yeah, you know, and I mean, this is the kind of irony of the whole thing, really, isn't it? That if we leave the EU, we're going to leave at the point that we have the most knowledgeable yeah. and pro-European. I mean, the, the biggest pro-European movement in Europe. Well, this and, is an incredibly knowledgeable, normal punters, and that, they're not going away on Brexit Day. It's not as if, should we Brexit, they're all just going to vanish. No, they're not all going to vanish, but... No, it's, it's the, it's the I don't div- know if they're all still going to feel... They're all still going to be up for a fight in 10 years' time when it matters either, so... No, no, I, th- I, th- I'm, I'm, I, I think that... I may have been radicalised by the Bruges speech, but how many more people have been radicalised by Brexit? And I so really they should think, be. And so they should and be. So they should be. Yeah. Jesus Christ, if you're not radical- radicalised by this, then you haven't got a heart. There's something wrong with you. So I think that, not you know, if, if, I was, if I was a radical federalist coming out of the the Bruges speech which, how, you, which you are which you were which i was and how much more i th- i honestly i seriously think that there are going to be thousands and thousands of people in britain who have been radicalized in their politics by what's happened and who are not and, and they're young people and they're going to be with us that that's not going away it didn't go away for me I hope you're right, but I think people accept new normals and uh, adapt to them. And uh, yeah, and I no, I don't, I don't yeah. know. I don't agree. I think people. I think that we we now have a generation of people of all. I mean, I say they're a generation. It's people of all ages. But what you've got is you've got a bunch of people now who are not going to let it lie. They will not let it lie. Not initially. No, but I don't know. I'm uh, I'm less optimistic. I'd say. Well, look, we were just talking about uh, how religion <laughs> radicalised people in the 16th century. And that started, well, I don't know, history buffs, when, 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 when are we talking about? When was Luther doing what he did? Anyway, he, he was doing what he did late 15th, early 16th century. If you say so. Uh, somewhere Anyway, when 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 was the English Civil War? When were the Jacobite rebellions? When did this all go to bed? I mean, this this carried on for two hundred years. So this isn't just going to go away. Yeah, people people had nothing. People have their comforts now, and um, I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not I'm not ruling it out. I don't mean to be overly pessimistic, but you know, I was thinking about that, that bit in Father Ted. I hear you're a racist now, Father. You know, it's like okay, so we're all racist. You know, so we're all this now. Okay, um, well we'll. We'll see how this goes then. Well, it's you know? only going to go away if things settle down and people get comfortable. But, so let's hope it does go away. But I think this, yeah, well, yeah. I, but I think this is the thing that we were talking about earlier, actually, offline. Uh, that you know, we we're in we're in a uh, we're in a so, kind of social media bubble, and we're in a Brussels bubble, and we're in a Remainer bubble, and. The vast majority of people couldn't really give a fuck one but way or the I'm, other. I'm not saying that the entire country's like this. I'm so, I know that it's a bubble, but that bubble is a real one, and it's not that's just true. it's yes, not just a bunch true. of us yeah. who live in Brussels. It's, no, we're no, talking no, about people true. we know. We know no, them. We, know, we, we met know, them. Yeah. I mean, you know, just where I live 
in, in, in South Buckinghamshire around me. There are, you know, five or six at least people who are seriously more activist on this than I am. And they're just normal people. They're just sort of former business people or lawyers or... Well, I mean, if normal as you get in South Buckinghamshire. <laughs> no, but, I mean, you know, and that's, come on, that's flipping heartland. This is all... We've met them. We've met these people, and they come from all sorts of walks of life. They're all sorts of different people. And I, I honestly, I, I think that this has been one massive impact of... You can't live in a country where you've got this degree of incompetence and misgovernment uh, without people really having a fire lit under them to try and fix it. Because this, we're on, talking about but people's come on, lives. We know, but come on, we, we know that it would take 15% of this level of clusterfuck in Belgium or France for people to be on the streets, closing roads but people every, 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 every week, you know. All I'm saying... And that's not what happened. The British saying, don't do that. All I'm saying is... So that in, ultimately, the British get what they're given and like it. All I'm saying is that you have uh, a hardcore of people who yes, have been radicalised right by, that, by yeah. this and who will not let it lie, just as these fucking idiots never let it lie after 1975 for the last 40 years and eventually got what they wanted just by being fucking idiots. Uh, we, who are not fucking idiots, are not going to let this lie. And it will be a key feature in British politics and English politics now going forward for, I think, the rest of my political lifetime. I'm quite, I'm quite confident. I'm quite positive that it will. Mm. It's not going away. I mean, you know, that, that's not that's not good news, people. No, it's no, not no, good news no, that it's no. not, go- but it is not going away. Brexit is not going to put this to rest. Okay, so we, we do have a small agenda, though, a set list, as I as I think. <laughs> yeah, we thought we would do some episode notes so that we would have at least a little checklist of things that we want to tick, tick off each week. That, that but it, that the problem is that the, these weeks. <laughs> Brexit's coming at us so fast that by the time we get around to actually doing this, the stuff that's at the top of the list is already ancient history and and one for the historians who will read and their eyes will boggle at the nonsense that's been happening. But, yeah. So this just hasn't changed. I mean, it's got worse. It's got worse and worse and worse. I mean, that every... It was that every week there'd be a few bits of abject stupidity and madness yeah. and as time gone time's gone on i mean it's just an avalanche of it eh? it's an avalanche you can't keep up with that yeah i mean the romaniacs joke about the curse of romaniacs yeah. you know they record on a wednesday and it goes out on on, on friday and they just you know they could throw entire things oh well, we away. do we do lie and, of the week and we could do we could literally do lie of the afternoon lie of the morning oh right? god yeah yeah absolutely we could do one we could do one every night couldn't we and the yeah. irony is that we we say it here and we, we've said it a number of times that a week in brexit is like a year in normal politics which is true and yet here we are listening to a podcast that we did a year ago and it literally all of it is the same yeah but i mean i had no idea oh we'll come to this won't we i mean i i things always things always you know accelerate as, as time goes on you know when people talk about whether um whether it was it was what people voted for or people knew what would happen and things like this I always, it sounds really arrogant, but I always think of me, I, I would consider myself to be pretty well versed in this sort of stuff generally, politics and the EU and what have you. And yet, I had no idea. I mean, I underestimated the sort of complexity and level of 
level of stupidity at stake here and and the complexity of it and the permutation and stuff. I mean, I, I, I always said it was absurdly complicated and people didn't realise that, but I underestimated it as well. Yeah. So the idea, you know, if the experts not just didn't, you know, didn't get it right or got it right or wrong or whatever, but if they didn't even recognise, which I think with a few exceptions, most didn't, recognise the magnitude and complexity of what was going on, then how any anybody who you know, works in an office or in a bank or in a factory or and 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 devotes, you know, five or ten minutes a day watching the news to it could possibly have a conception of that. Is I mean it's just completely 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 impossible. It's not a question of, you know, being smart or ignorant or anything like that. It's no. it's, it's a question of how unbelievably complicated it is the same way that any normal person or me, an expert on the EU, asked to build a fucking space shuttle wouldn't have the faintest idea either. Due no, to the level of complexity. That's, that's right, and I, and I was, um, oops, I was initially, uh, I was one of those people who used to get really angry with people who voted leave because um, they and they they were voting on something that they didn't know anything about, but they could have gone out and researched it for themselves, and they could have learned. You know, it's all. It's not as if the information is not out there. And I, I think as time has gone on, I, I think I've. That's not fair. It yeah, isn't fair. No, I've no, not, people can't. And, and, and the, the fault does not lie with people who went out and voted. I mean, you, you know, you, you do your civic duty. If, you, if you're asked to go and vote, you go and vote. Uh, the, the fault lies with the absolute shitbags who voted for yeah. the referendum, who said, we need a referendum on this issue, uh, uh, and, and who put together, who cobbled together this idiotic no, it's the, it's the, binary the- question. It's on a, such a complex issue. No, it's the it's the, the architects of it and the people who lie to people who are who are to blame. I mean, the the reason we have representative democracy is because there's a recognition that it's impossible for everybody to understand what the ramifications of an inflation increase are for monetary policy. For example, I don't know that. I mean, I did A level economics, and I think first, yeah, first year, first year of university. I could have a stab at it, but it wouldn't be very fucking good, would it? Um, and I would consider myself to be. I mean, I, the fact that I did GCSE and A level economics probably puts me among what a few percent of the population who've had formal formal schooling in economics. Tiny, yeah, not even, I mean, it's yeah, tiny, it's tiny, tiny, tiny proportion of people. And, I mean, I have a pretty fucking tenuous grasp on the complexities of monetary and fiscal policy. I read a bit of... I love Simon Simon Ren Lewis's uh, explainers um, and Jonathan Port's explainers about these things. I read some of their actual... A conversation they were having about some of their actual academic stuff as opposed to their explaining it to fucking normal punters stuff. And I, I'm ha- happy to say I couldn't make head no, head, head no tail of it. And it, there was nothing wrong with writing and so on. It was, you know... It's just deeply, deeply complicated, deeply complicated stuff. But so, so the, the, the crime was selling people simple solutions to complex stuff. Yeah. Um, and those are the people, those are the people who should be blamed. I, do, I mean, I do wonder whether it's a little bit different now. Um, it's one thing at the time. It's maybe another thing two years later. But as we said, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a cult. People were encouraged to join a cult. And, um, you know, we don't blame a cult member two years later for not realising that the cult is a cult. I mean, mm. 
So, I mean, I think you, you just have to remember the people are human beings in this, and and their lives are going to be ruined as well. And and uh, you know how they voted is is not really the most important thing about this. Yeah. yeah so, speaking of abject stupidity, should we begin with the name Doris? Yeah, so this was this was the, the, this is the top of our list because that happened last week, and you got in a fight with her, didn't you? Yeah, this is the first time I've ever been. Actually, it's the second time I've been trolled by by an MP. I was accused on a radio program of wanting a No Deal Brexit by an MP whose, whose name I temporarily forget. Who then sort of re- when I referred her to a timeline with you know fifteen months worth of this is how you could negotiate better to avoid a no deal. Uh, she refused to refused to apologise for it. Mm. But, um, but yeah, the Nadine Doris one was great because she called me a misogynist for no, re- no yeah. reason whatsoever. Well, because you were arguing with her and she's a lady and therefore, presumably, <laughs> she represents all <laughs> female um, people uh, across the world and so therefore you were being a misogynist. But it was great because uh, there was also a, a female tweeter. Yeah. She, she also called him a misogynist. Yeah, she's also a misogynist. With exactly the same sentence. Yeah, exactly, because well. she was disagreeing with Nadine Doris. Well, what I wonder is if the ERG, have, uh, the, the European point. Research Group, have on, on their, their famous WhatsApp message group, yeah. they have a sort of line to take yeah. for the day, which, which you just cut and paste into everything. What should I do when I'm losing the <laughs> argument? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> post, paste this bit about misogyny, that'll get you off. Yeah, that'll get you off. <laughs> For two things, yeah, I mean, they obviously do do that. You can see how the cycle goes. Yeah. You know, the, la- the, last, the last couple of weeks has been about attacking foreigners the Germans, and the Germans yeah. and, the, you know, the, the, the e- basically the EU-SSR thing coming back, but that it was all a plot from the Germans and all this. And you see it from so many sources simultaneously yeah. that it, it obviously is just, you know, coordinated like this. Yeah. And the, the fucking morons in the ERG, yeah. the foot soldiers, like Dorries. Chavkinski. Yeah, yeah, Chavkinski. Just... You know, uh, just yeah. fucking tweet, tweet it out, and um, they've got no idea. They don't even know what they're saying. But I mean, I, I have to say, my life hasn't suffered dramatically from being blocked by Nadine Doris. No, no, it's it's. it's <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, she's done her bit to help you to assist your mental health, um, Steve. So you know, um, no, ironically, you know, Groundhog Day, Brexit, Groundhog Day. Um, we were talking about Nadine Doris one year ago today. Here's a, here's something that she said today. Uh, this is in response to the news that um, the British government has decided that it will simply wave EU goods through in a no-deal Brexit situation. In order to keep trade moving, they'll have no checks at ports goods and for a drugs temporary and period. People yeah. and so, <laughs> so, so Nadine Dory says, finally, no backlogs, no shortages, just the way it was always going to be. To which, of course, I replied, lovely, how's that taking back control of your borders? Aren't WTO rules that you're going to be breaking? Great. You know, this is... Although Dimitri thinks we'll get away with that. He does think we'll get away with it, and we may well get away with it, but the point is, you're breaking the rules. Yeah, absolutely. Those, that, that is in breach of WTO rules at a time when we are trying to, <laughs> desperately trying to... Uh, negotiate new agreements with people right around the but world. But this is all about rules, isn't it? This comes back to the big argument you had. Can we say with... Did we say with you at the time? You had a big argument with uh, a well-known Brussels correspondent. 
um, about about rules. You know the oh, you mean the argument I had with Bruno? Yeah, yeah. So you know it, it's. I mean, this is a this is about for people. People think that that we're special and we should be exempt from we should be exempt from rules. You know, well, it, we are about to get to an, another bit in the podcast where I start banging on about rules because, of course, I'm I'm a eurocrat and I'm obsessed with rules. But it's all about being. It's about rules. Rules being rules based. That, like, that's like tractor lights. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Having rules is what gives you the freedom to do all these things. Without those rules, it all falls apart. Exactly. It's like blue. It's the reason that uh, atonal random chromatic jazz is shit because there's no because there's no rules. So unconnected musicians just make a c- cacophony while happening to be in the same room. It's, it's why Bach and Mozart sound nice, and you know, especially Mozart because what Mozart does is interesting. I mean, he sort of plays with the rules, and it all sort of works itself out in the end. And it's just yeah, it's classical music is very boring. But um, <laughs> I was going to say that in blues, it's what it's what gives blues musicians a feeling of a feeling of freedom is that you have a you have a, fa- a fairly fixed framework. But within that framework, you can do absolutely anything, and you can step out of that framework yourself at any. I mean, it's called playing out. You can step out of that framework at a, uh, at any time you want, at any time you want to, as well. And that can be very musical. But it's because of the uh, it's because of the the the, uh, the framework that that allows you to do that. And that's the whole concept of society is that you have a, a framework within pe- which people can live can live freely, rather than a Hobbesian state of na- state of nature. Where you might not have any constraints on you, your you know you might not have any constraints on your negative freedom by law. But if you set fire out your house, you're killed by somebody with a pitchfork. You don't have much freedom in those situations. So they but but they they brought on um, some kind of expert, some economic correspondent who gave a little primer on the customs union. But nowhere in this primer did it explain that a customs union means. You have united your customs policies. You have a common external tariff. You have a common external customs border. So once you're inside the customs area, um, you don't need to clear customs anymore, and there are no more. Ta- I mean, that's the point of a customs union. That's why it's called a customs union, right? So therefore, if you are um, stepping outside that common external tariff, so that you can set your own tariffs, um, naturally. Um, there is going to be a barrier between you and the rest of that customs union that you've left, obviously. But the but the the ultras tell us repeatedly that they they can just unilaterally get rid of that, and the by by just removing tariffs on the on the on the UK side, and and they're still saying it. I mean, this is a, we haven't played you all of the conversation about the customs union here. But they're still saying the same bullshit. And I think there's going to be a bit more about Northern Ireland coming up, in which people are still saying the, <laughs> people are still saying the same thing. They're things. saying exactly the same thing. We had Boris Johnson and Liam Fox coming out this morning saying exactly the same thing, saying we can unilaterally ditch our tariffs, and that means that everything will flow freely into the UK and won't be, there won't be any delays, won't be any hit. And you're thinking, <laughs> listen... <laughs> Tariffs, all that does is give your competitors free access to your market. Yeah. Meanwhile, your producers are being hit. Are being tariffed, yeah. But they're being tariffed for their exports at the same time as their supply chains are being completely annihilated. Their workforce is all being sent home or quitting because they're they're fed up. You've got more red paper to fill in because now you've got all these non-tariff barriers in place that you've got to fill in. And the exchange rate has, 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 you know, has, has... 
plummeted. Which yeah. might, you know, which, does that help your yeah. um, exports? Well, it might if you only source all your stuff from within the UK. But if you've got any raw materials, yeah. or supplies, yeah. or anything that you have to source from outside in a, in, in in something that's um, that, that's priced in a hard currency, well, by, by margins. And the the economic analysis since the dive in the pound shows that all that's done is mitigated is mitigated the slowdown. Yeah. You know, so there wasn't this huge bounce. I mean, lots lots of economists expected uh, there would be a, there would be a huge bounce, which in normal circumstances, you know, like um, uh, after, I want to say Black Monday, but I might mean Black Friday. No, you mean with the ERM? Yeah. yeah. So there was a, there was, I mean, effect, effective, it was yeah. effective devaluation. And there was, there was, a, I mm. mean, there was a, there was a, a very quick, uh, Quick bump that lasted lasted months, you know, yeah. as a result of it, and you know that that bump has only got us to effectively to parity. To, well, it's got us not even where we would have been, no. but it's effectively it's effectively along with what the Bank of England has done saved saved it. Um, so the, yeah, I mean, so I, I I tweeted this week that yeah. um, I went and picked up a parcel. I ordered some guitar straps from um, yeah. uh, from the US because I'm uh, because they're, well they're beautiful and you can't get these designs anywhere else and. Um, and I'm very large, um, so there's a lot of me to go around with a guitar strap. Um, so, so standard length ones tend not to uh, tend tend to uh, not quite be, be long enough for me to be comfortable playing the guitar. Um, and also, I find people who hold the guitars very high sort of weird as well. So, <laughs> um, I'm definitely not, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely Chris has just been miming someone playing the guitar very high up. Um, Shadows, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I just find, I find that a little bit, a little bit weird as, as well. I'm definitely in the Jimmy Page school for this. And the bass player for Metallica sort of plays it down around <laughs> his ankles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not quite that far, but not far off. Um, so yeah, so I ordered these from the states, and I was like, oh god, yeah, I'll have to pay tax and so on. Anyway, so it was a dollars was the total total order, and I paid like forty six euros uh, that an import yeah. duty. Yeah. On it when it came out, when I went to pick it up at the post office, and you think, well, yeah, okay. I mean, I would, I'd probably do it again, but only for that. Yeah, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pay. For, most of the things that are for sale in the world are, are are effectively generic. You know, you don't need to order an iPhone from the US. You can buy one. You can buy one next door. You know, but because of that, and because of the single market, you're as well buying it from from the UK as you are from from Germany. You know. Um, and some people are more competitive in certain things, and some some people have, uh, you know, uh, a better supply of things, and you know, and there's there's differences. But I mean, when you're faced with that, you just go, well, "Fuck!" Of course, I'm not going to. And that's what British that's what British manufacturers and British sellers are going to be. That's going to be facing, consumers you know? are generally shielded from this because it's they they How generally often do you buy order from, something from the US yeah, or Japan. I mean. Yeah, but. Or, 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 or even from 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 the, the European continent. So within the single market, you know, you'll be buying stuff from uh, a reseller in in Bracknell or in Wilmslow or wherever. But the stuff that they're selling on to you is probably not produced in the UK. No, quite, or if yeah. it is produced in the UK, it was probably sourced from parts that came from other bits of the single market. That's the point of the single market. Exactly. So, so you can have a single supplier, and so, so yeah, you, no. you may not get hit with yeah. that. Bill without um, without duty custom customs bill when the when the postman comes and delivers you know his his parcel, 
But what you're not seeing is that the people who sold it to you will be, and therefore that will be passed on to you. So your so on prices the one hand, are just... It, yeah, so your prices are going to go up for even stuff that you buy from British retailers yeah. because, of, because, of they, because they've had to go through this with their suppliers. Yeah. Plus, British exports are going to be subject to this and therefore much less competitive. So yeah. people are going to pay more and sell and sell sell less. So, so if you're in the you know if, if you're in the German Mittelstand, if you're a small or medium sized enterprise uh, in 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 the Rhineland or in northern Italy, mm. and you're looking at putting together uh, your new widget, and you're looking around for parts to go into that new widget, and you know you and somebody yeah you've from, got one from, in Italy and one in yeah, the UK, and somebody yeah. from the Midlands is pitching their part to you, and you're looking at that and you're comparing it to a part being pitched to you by somebody in in, in Slovakia. Uh, well, the one from the, it doesn't matter how little margin the guy in the yeah. Midlands is charging, or wh- how many co- co- um, co- co- corners he's going to cut in terms of cost. He's still going to have the tariff plopped on top of whatever the Slovakia guy's going to Plus, charge. Plus, then you've got the t- then you've got the cost of as the importer of the paperwork. Yes, exactly. So, so where are you going to go? Not, it's just not fucking worth it. That's yeah. the point of the single market. Yeah, exactly. That's why Thatcher was such a, 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 a proponent. Of the single market. That's why people who are interested in business and in British business being competitive are advocates of the single market. Yeah. So you know, for the for the party of business, as they still la- laughably call themselves, <laughs> to be advocating walking away from the single market it, it is well, okay, bargaining. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is classic cakeism. So cakeism is ah, the cake. This exactly. is the first mention. We, 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 we say, forgot, didn't we? We really forgot, so yeah. why don't you go? Go. Oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's the name of the podcast. Yeah, we're going to call it Cake Watch because... I actually, I, I'm still lobbying to call it to call it Otto and the Moog Great British Cake Watch, but it might, it might just be Cake Watch. <laughs> oh, quite like that. You hadn't mentioned that. We have a long and a short form, yeah, you know, yeah. like country, country yeah. codes. So Cake Watch, um, so it's like Crime Watch, um, but the crime here and is... And Spring Watch. And, well, no, yeah, but it's more like Crime, crime Watch because... <laughs> there aren't any plural. <laughs> and there's lots of crime. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what, what we thought we would do is our USP is that we will sit here in Brussels and we will, for, for, for the entertainment of, of anybody who might possibly be listening to us, we will uh, every week try and sort of pick out bits of cakeist nonsense that we've, we've, we've and there's plenty to choose let's be honest oh yeah but the customs union was a classic piece of cakeism so they're like well have we done that I think we drifted off from cakeism actually well we, we have a little bit haven't we <laughs> no we, we, we were like yeah no what we'll do is each week we will you know forensically <laughs> forensically call out examples of cakeism but when you're when you're drowning in cake you know I mean, we're, dra- <laughs> we're literally drowning cake. in it cakeism is cake, cakeism is the baseline for everything that happens in Brexit. Well, it, it's true. It just became commonplace. It's just a fact. There's no point in going on about yeah. it. It's just the way it is. Um, I mean, to be fair, I mean, to be fair, are we going to be fair? No. Nah. Yeah, forget that. I think, we, <laughs> but I think we have succeeded in getting cakeism into the uh, general discourse. I think I mean, that was us. I, mean, I think it was partly us. Yeah. I mean, so we established that it was Alexander Clarkson who. Yeah. First coined the term, didn't yes, we? we did. Who's very worth following? Nobody follows him actually. Yes. Very, very good H- right. history professor and yeah, and he does writes a lot on of Eastern really, Europe. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, he's not just on Brexit. He does some really good stuff on on Europe yeah, and, and Eastern Europe. Yeah, 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 no, it's very, very good. Um, and uh, he's really brutally honest as well. Which yeah. I really enjoy. I like yeah. people who are. Um, yes, yeah, so I think he, he. I think we established that he coined the term first. Um, 
But no, I mean, it's been mentioned in Parliament and MPs tweet it fairly regularly. And Well, there was just... Um, uh, I saw one the other day, yeah. Was... Well, Katja Adler, I think, started doing a whole what what is cakeism in lots of different European languages on, on yeah, one of her yeah, BBC yeah, podcasts. Yeah, we did that ages so, ago. Uh, exactly, yeah, so, our, so our, our, our listeners kind of came back and said, well, hang on a minute, we've already done this, so you're trading on your toes. Oh, typical of the BBC, isn't it? But, but <laughs> something came out of this, which is that we had missed... Oh, yes, we did, yes. We'd missed yeah. one from Neil Kemp. Neil Kemp had given given us the Maltese contribution. Yes. Which is... How do you make a Maltese cross? Kick him in the shins. Oh. Now, my Maltese is a bit ropey, but I'm going to try. Trita vergni, hobla utreda. So that means... You want her to be a virgin, pregnant, and breastfeeding. Presumably all at the same time, because... Oh, because they're impossible. Okay. Yeah, yeah. so that's like... Wanting you you have your cake and eat it, is you want want her to be a virgin, pregnant, and breastfeeding. Yeah. Of course, have your cake and eat it, stupid. Anyway, it should be... Uh, have your cake, eat your cake, and still have it. Yeah. As we've discussed many times. We have discussed that so many times that we probably shouldn't discuss it anymore. Well, there's no need for discussion. That's just a, it's just a fact that it's wrong and it should have been like that. Well, have, you, I've noticed, have you noticed the pattern? The pattern is that the North European um, terms for cakeism are all about food, food. and the South yeah. European uh, expressions for cakeism are all about sex. Riding, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Which, okay, well, we'll let... Are we doing national stereotypes, are well, we? Well, I was going to say, we'll let, we'll let Tanya and, and Alexander yeah, go off and do some interesting academic theses on these. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure the whole, you know... Promoting promoting national stereotypes is, is not our thing, actually, Chris. It's not our thing. No. Yeah, the point is, this is a rules-based system, and the rules are there for a good reason. And if you didn't have a rules-based system, we'd all have, you know, massive tariffs and massive protectionism, and, and the whole thing would be an absolute mess. Yeah, the rules the red, are there. A red would cost three times as much of a, yeah. a Volkswagen made in, in the UK. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So the rules are there to facilitate trade. You know, they're there because we want to dismantle protectionism and we want to trade, trade with each other. I and mean, that's how the world, the modern world works. Now, like it or not, in a globalised world, you know, trade is the lifeblood, as liberal leavers keep telling us. You can't have that trade without rules. Yeah. And if you have rules, you've got to respect them. Yeah. Well, OK, so like I said... Am I the only one who cares about the rules? Is that a Big Lebowski oh, it's a Big Lebowski reference? Book. Chris has watched the Big Lebowski finally. I have, yeah, yeah. He's been sending me memes. Very good. He's, he's, he's got on board. Yeah, I've been sending you, yeah. Did you enjoy it? I got it? the reference. Um, I really enjoyed it. So you should. It's one of the best films ever made. I really so. enjoyed it. I really did not expect to. I, I was all set to be like, oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you know. No, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was excellent to the point that I've actually now gone out and watched other Coen Brothers films because I hadn't seen any. Really? Nope. So yeah, I've got a rich, rich vein to mine. Rules, though, gotta love them. Yeah, rules. We love rules. Yeah, especially. Didn't regarding... the dude? The dude says that actually, doesn't he? He, he... no, the dude doesn't say that. No, I don't it's, know what, if he no does. it's Walter. It's Walter that cares he, about the rules. He would. He would definitely have his tractor lights illuminated. Oh yeah, undoubtedly, absolutely. Yeah. But I think the, the key thing about the customs union, why it's so important, is because of this Northern Ireland question as well. I mean, whether the UK is in a customs union or not, all other things being equal, is a, is a choice. Um, it's a choice that is uh, clearly detrimental economically to the UK, but it is a choice for the UK to make in the yeah. negotiations. But it's impossible to have the uh, uh, 
invisible border yeah. across the island of Ireland without without at least Northern Ireland being in in the customs union. Simply can't, there isn't a solution to this other no. than the customs union. Exactly, which is what we all said all along. As soon as we saw the um, the, 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 the 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 announcement of the um, of, of, of the uh, the agreement um, concluding the first part of the, of the Brexit negotiations, the Article 50 bit of, of, of the, as soon as we saw that, the first thing we all said was, well, oh, well, there you go, Customs yeah. Union. Which Pro- be and the customs probably union. the single market, yeah. because the Customs Union is quite hard yeah. to work yeah. without exactly. the single market. Yeah. So we'll, we'll be in. Yeah. So it'll be, uh, it'll be a super soft Brexit or a Beano, and that'll be it. Beano Brexit in name only. Which, of course, is what everybody, you know, on, on, the, on the Leave side, on the headbanger side, was worried about. But, I mean, it, it, that's the logic of the first part of the Customs Agreement. And yet people are still pretending that this isn't true. Yeah. I mean, this is a year, a year later. But, I mean, I think what we did there, I mean, I think we, in our first episode, we honed straight in on the fundamental, um, ir- irash- the, 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 the fundamental logical hole of Brexit. Yeah. And, you know, I've been thinking a bit more about this, and, and, and in a way... It, it is Im- it's impossible to escape. Yeah. The, the, the reality is that the Good Friday Agreement was only possible inside the EU. Yeah. yeah. It was only possible inside the EU. And if one of the parties leaves the EU... The foundation of the, foundation of the Good Friday away, Agreement. Yeah, yeah. So, so it is effectively trying to sort of ram uh, a, a, a square peg into a round hole. Um and there is no way to finesse this. And, and so ultimately, and, and, and given that the EU is the bigger party here and the stronger party, but also given that the GFA is, fund, is, is a moral imperative here. And, and Ireland didn't choose this. This is Ireland really didn't important. Choose this. Ireland didn't choose this. It was always going to be the British that were going to have to, yeah. basically have to lose Northern Ireland over this, or at least lose Northern Ireland as part of the British Customs Territory. Well, exactly. I mean, this is, so the whole point of the backstop the whole point, the reason May wanted the backstop was that it could give an illusion that there was something else coming after it. Yeah. And to be fair to the ERG... <laughs> wait, 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 what? What did you just say? No, no, <laughs> to, be, to be fair to the, to the nutters in the ERG, the, they, they spotted the deal here. They spotted what was, they've spotted what was going on. What was going on is... Yeah, 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 there'll be technology and we'll think of something, there'll be another arrangement, it'll be fine, it won't be the customs union, we'll all be fine. That's going to take some time to do, but we've got some time to do it, so it'll be fine. And the backstop's there, just in case, just in case the effectively impossible doesn't happen. Um, <clears throat> and it, so it's just a backstop. And it's not a backstop, we all fucking know it's not. Let's be, let's be, let's be absolutely fucking honest yeah. about it. We know it's not a backstop because you can't do it without Northern yeah. Ireland in... Well, we said the single market, but actually we meant the, the single market for goods. And I, I was a little bit surprised that the EU was willing to sort of do a single market for goods deal with uh, with, North, with Northern Ireland. There, actually, I was quite I was quite surprised just yeah. for, just for Northern Ireland. Um, and then the you know, but that's the it has to be a single market for goods and and the customs union, and it can be either all of the UK in it, or it can be just Northern Ireland, which means there's a customs customs border. Uh, in the in in the Irish Sea, and that's and and the choice between those two is actually what we spend the next six months talking yeah. about after this. But that's the but that's the reality of it, and there isn't going to be. There's not something somebody hasn't fucking thought of yet that would solve this, you know. 
This was always <laughs> going to be. This was always going to be the stumbling block. This is irresistible force me meets immovable yeah, object. Yeah. It was always going to be the problem because if you've got a project which is fundamentally about national sovereignty and, and British nationalism, it's a Britnap project. Yeah, you Very cannot so. have a, a, a. You cannot deliver. You can't this have a Britnap project yeah. that doesn't that, that then doesn't mm-hmm. respect Brit, <laughs> the British yeah. nationalist sovereignty, especially. When you have a minority government that's dependent upon the DUP, yeah, yeah, whose very existence yeah. is, 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 is unionism, yeah, is yeah. national. So th- there was no way that this was ever... I mean, we, we uh, honestly, when listening back to it, we were almost a little bit glib in our, like, oh, well, that's yeah, that then. Uh, yeah, yeah, oh, well, yeah, we've yeah, defeated yeah. the EIG and the DUP and it's all, well, that's it then, it's done. And we, we, we were done. Of course that we hadn't. Of course they weren't yeah, going to yeah. walk away. Because they're enti- this was the entire meaning of the project for them, from the word go. And they never gave a flying fucking toss for reason or, or, or rationality. No. So of course they were going to use this to sort of to blow the deal apart and to go for no deal. Of course they were. And there's, I mean, there's a lot of fuss over uh, Sabine Sabine Wayne tweeting at the. Uh, I don't know if you know her so much. Um, no, no, but she tweeted over the weekend yeah. as well mm-hmm. um, that there wasn't a technological solution, at least not for a few years. Um, yeah. Firstly, I mean, and uh, there was a thread by Peter Foster who who I do highly, highly, highly rec- recommend. I yeah. really think he's one of the one of the best, but I think he maybe got this one uh, a, a little bit squint in that he was saying, all oh, right, well, you know, this is quite big in that they're, they're ruling out the technological solution. And he, he did a thread on what that meant. And of course they weren't ruling it out really um, because she said for a few years and a few years could easily be the four years that an extendable transition period would be if the withdrawal agreement was agreed. But the, <laughs> what it was, was the beginning of an admission that there isn't some magic coming after this either. There's no magic um, coming after it. And I think that um, w- everybody in the negotiating room will have, on both sides, n- knew this, absolutely, yeah. um, but has refused to say it in, refused to say it in yeah. public. And what was interesting was Sabine Wayne's hinting at, hinting at that in, in public. And you can imagine, the di- but the reactions across the channel were really interesting, is that... Uh, Mm. The reaction in Brussels was a shrug and, well, yeah, obviously. Yeah. And the reaction in, in the UK was, oh, my God, see, we told you, this isn't a temporary yeah. arrangement. But, but, they, but they, I yeah. mean, they are, they, are, they are largely right about that. Well, I think, I think you're right. And I think, actually, this is, this is uh, it has been a failing uh, on the part of um, the negotiators, I think primarily on the UK side, but not to have been more explicit and honest about this. You can't... It should well, never have been a fudge. Well, the EU side was... Well, the EU side was not stating that explicitly to help to help, yeah, May, to help, to help May. May get it through. And it was, they were like, well, it's not for us to say exactly. this is the British if they say, if, Yeah, because the, the Brits have said that they'll come up with a solution. I mean, the onus has always been on the UK to come up with a solution, and rightly so. And the UK says it'll be able to come up with a solution. And... The Prime Minister has been happy to tell Parliament and the people that they'll come up with a solution yeah. before the end but of this transition. But so. this is the problem with fudge. This should, should never have been a fudge. Uh, the fudge has been and, and, and must continue to be called out, and we need honesty. And this is not going to go away no. unless she faces down the DUP and the ERG. And everything that we've seen to date says that she's not going to. Yeah. And that's why I, Steve, at the moment, think that we're going to have no deal. Well, no, I, I, there's a... I mean, that is a very, very plausible sequence of events. I mean, people still, again, even really good commentators who I, who I read and like, still keep talking about concessions from from Brussels on the backstop. And you look at this going, what, 
what do you mean by a concession? I mean, you can make it time limited, in which case it's not a backstop, um, because it's not uh, unless and until something better comes along. It's until 2022 or whatever date you put on it. So it ceases to be an insurance policy. It's a time-limited insurance policy, which is not what we need here when everything takes longer than you expect it to. Um, you can give the UK a unilateral get-out, which means it's not a backstop, because if, if there's a unilateral get-out, uh, then it's not un- unless and until there's a, there's a better arrangement. Because there isn't a fucking better arrangement. But this has been the thing all the way along with commentators, and again, even the really good ones, there's been this myth perpetuated that a concession from Brussels is a good thing for the UK. But the concessions that people have been asking for are things that damage the UK. I mean, almost nobody ever says that the UK being in the customs union, the the all-UK backstop, which is effectively the UK staying in the customs union, is positive for UK trade. I mean, it's massively positive for UK trade. Not losing EU trade deals and having to go and negotiate your own is positive for UK trade. There'll be a net loss of UK trade because they won't all be, you know, even if you were right that you could get more out of your own trade deals than you can out of EU ones, which I'm not, I don't think it was remotely true. um, Even if you could do that, the time it would take to negotiate all of those would mean that you've made huge losses in the the interim from from not having them. Because you'd have to do 40-odd, yeah. For, I mean, it was 48 or 50 simultaneously, yeah. which is obviously fucking impossible to do. It can't yeah. be done. So what's seen as a concession, it's not a concession. The UK asked for this, and lots of people were very upset about it in EU capitals because they thought the UK was getting a free pass on something beneficial yeah. for a future relationship yeah. when they shouldn't be negotiating the future relationship. Exactly. And that's why the UK initially, that's why the EU initially turned down. Yeah the offer of uh, a yeah. UK-wide customs union, because, like, what? You get a customs union for fuck all. And this is, this is, the, this is the source of the massive frustration in Brussels. That yeah. They're looking at what's going on in the UK, and they're looking at the Parliament turning around and rejecting this fucking gift, looking yeah. the ho- looking the horse in the... Well, gift, <laughs> looking a gift, gift horse gift in the, the mouth, mouth yeah. and rejecting it, saying, yeah. no, not, not good enough. And fuck, they're like, fuck, whoa, what? Fuck you, you're trying to keep yeah. us as a vassal state. You're like, no, no, we're trying to... <laughs> We're trying, we're trying to give you the massively economically beneficial thing that you asked for. We're just giving you the moon on the stick, and you're saying, yeah. oh, I'm sorry, that's a, that stick's a bit shit. And I wrote about this the, 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 in the vote on this, the vote on the backstop, um, the Brady Amendment. It's not... What's, ups- what's upset people here and in EU capitals is not so much that Parliament decided to vote against it. They always, they have their own parliaments. They get how they get the division between the parliament and the executive. They get the parliaments don't always do what governments want them to do. They understand that. I mean, you know, look at Belgium with the Wallonia ratification, you know. Um, so they get they completely get that. What did the damage was May voting against it, May telling her MPs yes. to Outrageous. vote against it. Outrageous. And this is, I mean, this, this is, this was... I don't know if you got the sense in the institutions, but I got the sense that this was absolutely the, the end, the the end of anything uh, being think, given. Yeah, I think I think that she, that she'd already reached that end after Strasbourg and Brussels. But but this is just you know, <laughs> this is the icing on the cake. 
It's just her. I, 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 I honestly think it's her, taking a dump her, on the table and then asking for something in return. Yeah, I mean, her credibility had already been utterly blown. So I think she was already at the end of the. I mean, I think she'd already lost any. any Nobody wanted to do her any favours anymore. Yeah, they're willing to go along with it for the sake of the deal, I think. But, but uh, th- this just willing blows her credibility and her goodwill and try. I mean, it just blows it. And, and it, it, it. You, you know, you have made an enemy. Of your friends, yeah, yeah, and you absolutely. didn't the have people to do who were that. Trying to help you. And now, and then you listen to the people like the Dutch and the and, and the Swedes. You know, listen to what Margot Wallström, the Swedish foreign oh, minister, Christ, yeah. said. Yeah. You know, yeah. look at Alexander Stubb, the former um, um, a Finnish prime minister. <laughs> he who, was, who's, a, who's, who's was amazing. He was just, you know. but this is, I mean, this is completely stupid. They're the closest, yeah, friends, closest friends yeah. politically as well as. Uh, all I stood the a mass of Anglophile. Yeah. yeah. And the feeling, it, it, the, the diplomacy is completely gone. I mean, they're, 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 nobody's using diplomatic language anymore. I mean, very few, you know, people like Rutgen. Well, they've uh, tried it and it hasn't worked. They've tried yeah. using diplomatic language yeah. and been told to fuck off. All patience you know? is gone. Uh, no, I mean, it's, it's and that's very to- bad for the British. Very, very bad. It's bad for the bad in terms of the future relationship. Even if they get through the withdrawal agreement, yeah. you're now starting re- negotiations on the future relationship. Which is much bigger, incidentally, than yeah. any of this. Yeah. Um, would much, much bigger. And you're starting it in a totally trust-free exactly. environment. Exactly. With you know? no goodwill. There are no reserves of goodwill to draw. No. On, on the contrary, there's a deficit of goodwill. There's no trust. And you've got an enormous organisation here that is in a position to be able to get exactly what it wants. Because And, and as you said loads of times about negotiations, um, it's not about banging your fist on the table and throwing a hazy fit. Um, the wise negotiator finds ways to help mm. to help their oppos with their own constra- with mm. their own constraints and finds ways to do things within those, and that's absolutely essential to moving forward in negotiations. And there is going to be no appetite on the part of EU twenty seven to encourage the Commission to be doing this in negotiations. Yeah. I mean, absolutely none. They'll put line. They'll put lines. The UK has said what I mean to an extent what it wants. Yeah. I mean, I think the days of. <laughs> I know I always go on about this, but do you offer a menu, you know, yeah. and said so you decide and we'll accommodate you, but but these are the conditions attached to yeah. each, and this was taken apparently as an insult yeah. by the by by the UK and the right wing press and and, and well, the Brexit, not just the right wing press, but that's, but that's not. I don't think that's what's going to happen in the future relationship. I don't think these choices are going to be left to the no. UK now. I think they're going to say, okay, you've set your parameters. This is what we want. This is what we're doing. You can take it or you can fuck off. Look, you look, Austin Mitchell. Remember Austin Mitchell? Oh. I mean, Austin Mitchell was a Labour MP, wasn't mm. he? Um, and I saw this. God. Yeah. So, so far the EU has threatened us with terrorism in Northern Ireland, no security information on jihadists, no satellite guidance from Galileo, no medicines to keep people alive, no Europol against crime. They're going to charge us to visit them. Threaten, no right with no them. Threaten with no yeah, Europol. Yeah. The UK's fucking left yeah, Europol. Yeah. There's no. They're threatening us with no fresh food. No, this this is this is Operation Blame in overdrive, and this is from a this is from a Labour this is from a Labour former MP, and you know. Oh, but it's just open now. It's it's Grayling said on the radio, "Don't blame bl- us, blame the re- yeah. Grayling you." I mean, Grayling's done it too. Grayling, yeah, we're going to blame Brussels for this. But Don't it's open now. Brussels. It's always been there. It's always been policy yeah. to palm the blame off. But now they're just saying it. Yeah. Now they're not even hiding it. You know. Yeah. So, and of course, Brussels is hearing this and. What, what do you think this is going to do? Do you yeah, think yeah. this is... How, how is this going to play? But this is what's so depressing about 
the future and where where yeah. this is going to head now in Britain because when 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 we do seal if if our worst nightmares come true in, and, and a no deal happens and things get really bad. Is that going to be a wake-up call for the British? No, I don't think it will. Of course, it's not. No, it's not. Look, look at look at look in history and, and see where these things have gone, where where polarization exists, and where it's going to end up. The people who are going to get the it'll be the, Brussels will be blamed, and by well, extension, it'll be your Polish shop down the high street that'll yeah. get a brick through its window, and it'll get it, 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 it's it'll just get far far worse. And this is my word. This is like we said in the earlier bit about depression. You know, this is the deepest worry for me is how. You know, West, how Europe, not Western Europe, you know, all of European stability and security operates with this bunch of fucking angry, angry people who blame the rest of Europe for all of their, for all of their self-reflected I, I, I don't have a problem with, I, I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about, I mean, Britain will, I think, what Brits are going to Brit, you know, the British are going to, Britain, are going to do what the British are going to do. And I don't see how that is going to, um, infect the rest of the continent. I mean, we'll, we, we've we, we've contained um, unstable countries on our on our borders before, and we'll we'll, we'll, we'll do not a, that. Not a, no, no, no one, no one like the UK, and not one with with which you you had the closest possible possible cooperation. I mean, and also, I mean, my worry is that there's a sort of contagion. My worry is that I can imagine a situation where you get to the point where even the simplest, most uncontroversial cooperation agreement or bit of cooperation is essentially impossible to conduct because people have been whipped up in such frenzy um, uh, of, 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 of blame and the blame and the stab in the back that, that even that's not possible. And when that happens, then the chance of it spilling over much into, into much bigger, you know, not just UK EU relations, but international relations in Europe and NATO and so on. That's when, that's when I really get, that's when I really get worried about this. Well, my, my fear is much more... Because, I mean, if we're worried... How do walls start? Walls generally start with a misunderstanding or a hysterical overreaction. And we've got a country that is misunderstanding and hysterically overreacting. Yeah, but... We, we, again, we're talking about a massive imbalance here. I mean, the more of a problem is if you, you, you then get some kind of populist alliance forming, if you have a couple of well, other, no, well, other I'm assuming, well, I'm just, well, I'm just assuming that. I mean, what, what this has done... Well, this is all done. It's completely normalised popul- populism. It's completely normalised populist rhetoric. Well, I mean, no, on, on the contrary, in, in, in the UK. In the UK, yeah. No, but what I'm saying is that I think that the danger is if you then get a, a wider spectrum of populist governments in Europe and you get then... Say, oh, well, the, iron, the irony on that is that... It's inoculation. It, to some degree, it is an inoculation. I mean, the Front National... Right. Uh, now doesn't talk about leaving the Euro- leaving the EU okay. or the so Euro. So this is what yeah. I was going to say. So yeah. I, okay, yeah, I don't see. I don't see. No, it's going to be the, the difficulties between Europe and the UK. Yeah, and, but I don't. I think it's going to be very difficult for Britain. But I don't see how that's going to infect the rest of us and the, the Europe unless you get other governments going down the same path and you end up with sort of a bipolar Europe where you've got. Well, one- if, you, if you go genuinely down the down the populist right wing route in the in the UK. And I mean, come on. I mean, we've been very careful. We've been very careful in the last year to not try to turn the blame on on Labour for this and to try not to alienate Corbynistas. And I mean, fuck that. Come on. I mean... Oh, yeah, no. I mean, I mean, this, on, is, Cor- I mean this is... This is this. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the midwife 
I mean, he's the midwife of all of this. And, the, and in the maths, it's completely slipped now. I mean, he wants the yeah. leave the EU, he wants freedom of movement to end, he thinks it drives down... If wages. anybody's still playing the long game with Corbyn, I mean, wake up and smell the coffee. Jesus well, there Christ. is a long game. The long game, is for, the long game for him was 20 or 25 years since Ben yeah. to, for the UK to leave the EU. And, I mean, yeah. that, that's abundantly obvious now. And um, if, if this is going to be stopped, it's going to be stopped. Uh, it's going to need Labour. Everybody in Labour, apart from... Uh, the core front bench team, yeah, uh, to to do it because the, front, the core front bench team is clearly not going to do it. No, you need a reconfiguration of British politics. Yeah. But again, sorry to come back to it, but I mean, I, I, you know, I think Britain's in for a really rough ride, and it's going to need a reconfiguration. But I don't see that that's necessarily going to spill over into instability. No, but you imagine in, it, in, in Europe. But what I'm saying is that you're not. I mean, I think it's quite unlikely that we're going to end up with a, a Corbyn or a left government. So it's going to be a Tory leader, um, and they're going to be... The, the only Tory leaders that could become Tory leaders are going to be ones who are going to play to, play, play to populism and embed, embed populism's policy. Yeah, and but uh, what, can they, what can they do? They could... I mean, well... You know, I mean, even if they declare war on the EU, well, they, I mean, what are they going to do, launch a nuclear strike on No, Russia? no, we, we were talking about potential for splintering of the, of the Western alliance here. In geopolitical terms. Well, I think that that's on the cards anyway, but I, I don't. I think that this is why the EU is taking action to become more autonomous on security matters, and it will. I mean, inevitably, that's where it's leading. But I mean, I, th- I think that that's, nece- that's necessary. It's always. I think you're under. I mean, one, uh, one big power on the continent of Europe going rogue, we, we know how damaging. Well, is it going to be a big power, though? Yes, it will still be a big power. It'll still be in the top 10 economies in the world. It'll still be. Um, and how, it'll still long? be a nuclear power. I don't know, but I'm talking about in the next ten years. Wow. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is what this is the the deepest worry. I mean, it, it, I, I see. I it see. begins with not sa- signing a protocol on terrorism cooperation, and it ends up with NATO dissolving. You know, or at least yeah. But but you know, but Europe can withstand that because Europe's got capacities and 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 potential. I don't think, I don't, don't think it what, does what, have that defence capacity without the US and the UK actually. Well, it's going to, because it's going to have to. Well, so, say it's going uh, to. I don't think it will. Well, I, w- this is where we have to agree to disagree. It's going to have to. It's going to have to, right? So I um, agree it should. I don't but, know. No, I mean, I think that the danger for the UK is more that it just sort of becomes completely inward-looking and, and, and just loses, you know, you get serious civil, civil discord. And it's, it's not oh, that it's going to turn into a jackbooted military, militarist state that's going to start invading... Uh, invading Poland or, or the nearest thing to it, which would be, what, Bologna? I mean, I just don't see that happening. These people, come on, these people are angling for war. Yeah, of course they, they, they the are. They language of war and they're angling but they, for war. they're idiots. But they're, yeah, but they're going to be in charge. But they're already partly in charge. And yeah, they're they they're likely they to be fully in charge. They could fucking piss up in a brewery. I mean, they're, they're, it, doesn't matter, it doesn't matter whether they'll win a war or not. It matters that, there's a, it matters that we're having a conversation about war in Europe. That's what matters. And that's how far we've gone. Well, I, I, yes, of course, you're right. It doesn't matter whether they'll win or not. And they won't, take ration, they won't take rational decisions and go, we can never win this. They'll just fucking do it because they're morons and they don't care and they, they want to feel big and hard. But they're not. It doesn't matter. They want to feel it, and they'll have the opp- and they're very but, likely to have much the opportunity. More, it's to. much more a Yugoslavia situation than a than a Nazi Germany situation, a Weimar situation. No, I dis- I disagree. I mean, I think there's elements of both, but um, but I disagree. I think I think this is uh, I think this is uh, <laughs> a massively massively under under underpriced. Listen, listen to us. Look, what are we talking about? Oh yeah, yeah. Absolutely. What are we talking about? I cannot believe that we're talking about this. Yeah, in five, ten years, people are saying, why was nobody talking about this at the time? 
Fuck. <laughs> so I talked to somebody from the WCO, the World Customs Organization. 35 years of experience in his national customs uh, service, which I won't mention which, nat- which, which nation it was. Um, well, his English was uh, native level. Uh, and, uh, uh, yeah, and so I asked him a series of, I was like, brilliant, excellent, you're exactly the person I want to talk to. Northern Ireland, is there a technological solution? He's like, no. Uh, Dover, is there a solution? He's like, no, you need to turn Kent into a car park, <laughs> into a lorry park. I mean, fair enough, nobody likes saying I told you so, right? But just before Christmas, the UK government staged turning Kent into a lorry park to practice. Hashtag yeah, nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Didn't only half the lorries that said they'd turn up turn up, and they couldn't even organise a traffic jam. No, but it was it was it was a joke. But they but the, U- the UK government has a plan to turn to turn Kent into a lorry. Well, the last um, the last three or four months. Um, so I drive down the M20 and the M26 um, twice a week, and the last three or four months, um, it's been. Uh, so I would have been on the phone to John Major's Cones Hotline every week, yeah, uh, because um, they are doing massive rebuilding down there. So they are turning it into a lorry park. That's happening. People thought we were being hysterical in Project Fear. Well, it's happening. It's happening. Yeah, about a year to go. It was just over a year. We're going to leave the EU now. Okay, transition. Okay, so we're maybe we're not talking actually, about. <laughs> We're going to stop it. This, is, yeah. this podcast will stop it. Exactly. However, yeah. Yeah. the only reason it's still going on is that we hadn't thought of doing this before. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> hashtag not quite nailed it. Still time. Yeah, still got time. Yeah, still got two weeks. Two, 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 two. Nearly two How months. many weeks have we got left? Six? Seven. 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 <laughs> and we're still discussing the customs union and the backstop. TikTok, Steve. Tickety fucking talk. Yeah. No, no, but it, it's that fact, actually, that at this point makes it unlikely. I mean, one thing I've thought all along, and one thing I've tried to encourage in other, uh, in other campaigners and so on, is you've got to be there at the end. Yeah. You know, no matter how galling it might be to be there right at the end and lose, yeah. you've got to be right there at the end because the, the pace accelerates, yeah. the pace of events accelerates as the time comp- the time till the end com- com- compresses and it, and it always does in these things you know mm-hmm. um and while the you know the 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 belief that it's all going to be sorted out at a at a you know 18 hour session all night summit i think is wrong and always has been because that's how internally you negotiations work not external ones and this is effectively an external one uh, it's in the UK that it's happening, you know, and the the strategy of campaigners for a referendum, you know, which has taken a lot of flack in the last few weeks, remains that this will remain as the only viable option that involves the UK leaving the EU non non utterly catastrophically, you know. Um, the misjudgment might be in that might be that may just would go for no deal. Um, and I think people who dismiss that to do so massively at their, their, their peril, I think it's a bit naive to think that she has uh, any any huge moral issue with doing that at this stage. Um, but f- 
But I think MPs were, MPs were a little bit different in that, that regard, and then it becomes a kind of procedural issue. Also, I don't exclude a last-minute scramble either for revocation or extension. I'm tired. I'm so tired of it, Steve. I'm so tired of it. I don't know if we've got the energy to stick it out to the end. It's only a few more weeks. I mean, I have, obviously. I'm going to have to... I mean, you know, you, what, what can you do? I can't hide from it, but I'm just, I am tired of it. I'm, I'm... I know, and that's how I felt the new year as well, mm. and it's coming back now. I mean, the energy's coming back a bit for it, but we, we, we do have to be there because the people who really want to harm people will. The ERG will fucking be there at the end. And people who are trying to stop people who are trying to stop them are gonna need support. It's very frustrating yeah. seeing the effort that people have put in day in, day out, people like Steve Bray and the Sodom people yeah. and you know, day in, day out for months and now years. And now, right at the end, suddenly you're getting these neo-Nazi tosspot yellow jacket fuckwits rocking up. And um, but we all said, but we all said what we had over the other side is that they're uh, they're summer patriots, not winter soldiers. You know, is that they're patriots when it they're, they're patriots and flag wavers when it when it suits them when they can be asked. Well, they aren't patriots, but yeah. No, 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 but they're, they're certainly not. They're quite the opposite, but they they pretend to be and yeah. think that they are when it's easy to be. Yeah. And now it's easy to be. Yeah. Um, and I, but I think the reason we've seen the polls move, and the polls have moved now, I mean, I think that's beyond... Yeah, we need to sort of keep sight on that, don't we? Yeah, I mean, mm. the polls are it's unthinkable that the UK would leave with a majority of people in favour of the UK leaving. I mean, that's not going to happen now. No. Um, and the reason that the polls have moved is because of this, is partly because of this... This, relentl- this relentlessness, yeah. which, which at a top level, at a top organisational level of the, con- you know, the uh, leave means leave and all of all, all of these and and, and uh, uh, banks and the break of the ERG and so on has been has continued and abated, um, but the but the grassroots absolutely absolutely hasn't, you know, and um, and this is where we see the benefit of it not being. A centrally controlled, centralised. No, but they, they. Well, you say that, but I. You're right, but they clearly are making a a, a last ditch. Oh stand. yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. So, no, I mean, you're seeing them now, like for all these. Oh, and they're always, like, locally, but that's my point. Is that, that's this is exactly my point. They'll always be there at the end. This is the whole point of the Sunshine Patriot. Is that when it's easy to be when the events are happening, yeah. but not on not on the fucking wet, wet weekend in October Well, they, o- they won. You know, so so in a way, it was it was our fight to take to them. But what but we, seeing... we have and we moved the polls, and the objective, the objective's always been to move move the polls uh, to you know approach to getting to a ten percent a ten percent margin, and we've we've got that. We've basically got that now. Um, it's heading to it's heading upwards towards sixty, you know. Yeah, but <coughs> how, oh, yeah, how, yeah. how does that service when Parliament won't well, do yeah, what but, it needs but to do? All, but that's all we can do. If Parliament won't mm. do what Parliament what we, what it needs to do, then uh, we need to make sure that it that the those who didn't act get the just results of the ballot box later. But but there's nothing but there's nothing else we could do yeah. than try to than try to convince them. And remember, you know, there's there are now. If you if you lump, uh, which I know you prefer if we didn't, but if you lump anti anti May's Brexit, so anti hard Brexit and anti No Deal Brexit on one side, and you lump soft Brexiters and people's voters 
together on the other. Uh, they're in the majority. In, they're in the majority in Parliament. Now that is a remarkable thing to have, to have managed to take a Parliament where what uh, more than five hundred, five hundred and fifty said we have to respect the result. That's all there is to it. A year ago, to get that to the point where there's 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 hundreds not saying that, um, and hundreds saying we need either EA or, or we need a people's vote is is a remarkable is a remarkable achievement. Okay, it's not mm-hmm. okay. It's potentially very much not enough. But this is always going to depend on May. It was always going to depend on the government and the cabinet. I mean, they control parliamentary time. We knew that from the start. Well, they, 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 there was an opportunity last week to take that control away from them, and they, they blew it. So that, that's what I, I, that's just left me feeling just really. Yeah, there'll be another one on the fourteenth. Though there'll be another chance to do that on the fourteenth. I mean, I, I think they'll probably blow it again, but that's not the, you know. I, I've, I've, I'm, not, I'm not. I, I had been um, putting um, that had been my last ditch to the hope. For me, it was well. For me, it was That's always. What I mean about hanging until the end. It yeah, wasn't but for me, it was always like Parliament. If if we're going to get saved by this, it's going to you know Parliament's going to have to come in and do it. And Parliament, there's going to be a majority in Parliament who are saying, and they're going to come in and they're going to save us. And what happened last week was that kind of blew that particular thing for me for good. I mean, no, Parliament's not going to. They're us. just so scared. They're just so weak and scared. I mean, at the moment in history. So you needed an institution to collectively not be weak yeah, and scared. Show its balls, and it didn't. And I mean, we've yeah. talked about this before. I mean, the the the, was, the, the lack of defence of the institution. Yeah, but it was so would, cruel after what we'd seen a couple of weeks before with with Burko, and you, you know there was a sense a couple of weeks before that it was like, oh, you know what, Parliament is actually going to do this. They're actually going to. But we had them for Article Fifty as well. You know, um, <sighs> you know, people fought for um, for Parliament to get the right. Yeah. To have to vote on it, and then everyone and they just blew it. Yeah. yeah, everyone just shuffled through. That them. was just that was that's probably that was probably the mo the most depressing moment in the exciting of the entire. But it was but it was fear again. This is the strength yeah. of fear, you know. The fear of it, it's been used on the population for the fear of fear of the foreign. It's been it's been used on MPs for the for the fear of the the fear of the electorate, the fear that they'll be seen as undemocratic or seen as trying to overthrow the, the, the referendum result. And that's scared, that's scared enough of them to, to do that. Um, and yeah, I think David Allen Green's right that every MP, including people we now hail as Remain Heroes, yeah. who tramp through those, uh, they're through the those lobbies. Because they tramp through the lobbies muttering about how it was dreadful. Yeah. And they did it anyway. Yeah. And some, some people didn't. No, they were, no. We forget about that. Was a hundred Labour rebels yeah. who didn't. Yeah. The entire SNP didn't. Yeah. Enti- all of Plaid Cymru didn't. Yeah. Uh, Caroline Lucas didn't. The Lib yeah. Dems didn't. Most yeah. well, Lib Dems didn't Most. manage to get all of them, unfortunately. Yeah. But no, no, you, that, that, you're right. It was the Article Fifty vote that was that. It was voting for the referendum. It was voting to trigger Article Fifty. Those were the two steps in this process that were the most um, damaging. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you did a great tweet this morning, Steve, um, where you, uh, line by line, looked at the dates, uh, <laughs> which was, I thought, you know, I mean, this is the kind of thing that... You 19 months since the referendum and the cabinet, is, the cabinet is meeting today 
to decide for a first discussion. Brexit politics. It's just, it's, I mean, come on, guys. We could never have written this if you know. We, no. In a million years, could we have dreamt up something as? And they talk about Project Fear, though. You know, we were cat- catastrophizing yeah. beforehand. We were. I mean, I didn't think it would be this no. bad. I thought it would be. I thought actually the negotiations and so on would be re- would yeah. be would be relatively easy. I yeah. thought the UK will the UK will pick something off the menu. And then there'll be a lot of details around the edge of them they have to negotiate. I mean, it's, I, I never imagined for a second that it would be handled no, in this no, sort no, of no. pack-handed... No, it's, it's astonishing. The way, levels of incompetence are just off the, off the chart. Oh, mate. <laughs> <laughs> we had no idea. Oh, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Naive, wet behind the ears. <laughs> Well, I didn't think it would be this bad. In fact, we had no idea how bad it was going to no get. No idea. Christ. And that was, that was well, so what was that, 19 months after the referendum? Yeah. So that makes us, so it's 12 months later, so it's 19 yeah. plus 12, which yeah. is 32. So 32 months. No, 31. Is it? If my maths, if my maths doesn't oh, yeah, yeah, fool right. me, it's not 19 plus 12. I saw a post from somebody who will remain nameless today saying... Uh, it's outrageous that half the population are, uh, have le- less than the average I- IQ level. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that's that's is that not quite an old? That's another. It's, like, it, it's probably Nadine Doris, isn't it? <laughs> no, no, it was from someone on our side. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. And they were actually making a good point, like how do we raise the average IQ? It's yeah. like well, yeah, the average IQ will always be a hundred, and they'll always be roughly fifty percent of the population below because that's yeah. how fucking averages work. <laughs> That is, you'd be surprised. I was going to, I was going to, I thought it would be too snippy, but I was going to reply with maybe we could start with basic maths, but I thought that would just be too snippy. Too snippy yeah. yeah, you have to Although sort of bite your If you knew sometimes. who it was from, you wouldn't think it was that snippy, but um, yeah, so uh, yeah, for 90 months, so as you say, 30, 30, 31, 31 months, two months to go. What's um, under two months to go? Less than, less than, less than two months to go. What's two, two um, as a percentage of 31, of 33? Uh, six. Oh, well, fucking hell, you're good at this. No, I'm not. I'm really not. Well, compared to me, you are. I used to do budgets as well, you know. <laughs> Thing is, I'm good at, I'm bad at maths, but good at spreadsheets, so it's, uh, it compensates. Um, the, the 6% of, uh... Six, so we got 6% of the time since the referendum left, and we don't really have policy. Yeah. And it's been, I mean, has there been anything that we've got right? Has there been anything? Has there been, the, has who, been the, you and I have got right. No, no, the, the UK. Oh, well, we got almost everything right. But almost everything. Not quite. Uh, what, ha, that the UK has got right? In, in what sense? About the negotiations? I mean, has there well, been no, no. a single... Actually, the bit where they went in the tunnel, actually. That's it, you know. Yeah. They the, did actually... The Ollie and Sabina tunnel. Yeah, they did actually power on... Power on towards an towards well, an agreement. Look, if, if you had but let, it was if, fucking pointless doing that if exactly. you want to get through Parliament. The yeah. point, the problem here has never been the civil servants. If you locked, um, if you locked the Dexu civil servants in a in in a room, they'd come out with a very decent withdrawal. The the problem here has never been no. the civil servants. The, the the problem has been the the, the politicians, the, the people driving this. Because they want the impossible, because they yeah. have a set of totally impossible and irreconcilable demands, they're never going to get what they want, and therefore the civil service yeah. simply cannot deliver. And, and I think the I think the backstop is is a, is a is a bullshit diversion. 
di- diversion by the ERG. Because, well, I mean, it is because, and it isn't. We would just have but, that long discussion. But, but, whatever, but, but the, they'll find something else. I mean, lots of people have found out. I read a very good post the other day with the, the ten other problems with the, hmm. with the withdrawal oh, agreement, you know? Sure. We're all being distracted from all the other yeah, problems yeah. with the withdrawal agreement. However... It, what, it, the backstop is the ultimate... It is going to break on the backstop. But whatever what, she came back with, the ERG would still vote against. Mm. Whatever. I mean, they what they act... People will not get it through that they actually want no deal. Huh? People still don't believe <clears> that they actually want it. And they do. Um, they want to, Or they want to get... They'll get it over the line with whatever will get it over the line and then they'll spend the next two years fucking up. They've said that they'll do that. I mean, Gove mm. said mm. you can do that. He said it openly. Mm. You know, if you're going to have secret plans, don't fucking talk about them in public, you know? So, 31 months after the referendum. 31 months after the referendum. 33 if we leave. So you've got to add 24 to that for the... No, no, it's um, it's not 24, it's 21. So it'd be 33 plus 21. Help me out here. 55. 55 months would be the end of transition. 54. Thank you. Jesus if Christ. If it's extended... 54. Um, that's the other 55. 54. Um, and then if it's extended by another two years, that would be another 24. So that would be 78. So that would be 78 months after the referendum, which is how many years? How many 12 from 78? It's <laughs> far too late to be asking me things like this. Oh, that's why I know. That would be more than six years after the referendum. We'd actually leave the. Uh, and it would still be the, and they'd still be saying it's the will of the fucking people. God, this is so much like my divorce. It's incredible. <laughs> but you know, we had a real reputation for being the absolute, you know, class act of, you know, and in, in, in council meetings, you know, we would be deferred to because you know when we made an intervention, generally people around the table would shut up and listen because we generally had constructive and intelligent things to say and we meant it we never grant we didn't, wouldn't yeah. grandstand we you know yeah. we meant yeah. it and, and, and you know when the dust settles on all of this i think that this will be one of the major um long-term historical um outcomes which is that you know that that is a serious part of our um cultural capital uh, our brand that we will have burned and, and yeah. future yeah. stereotype i mean this it, it has been a stereotype, and it's a stereotype of Britain that you know we produce um, that we're hard-headed, we're pragmatic, uh, we're sensible, and we can be relied upon to come in and, 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 and inject some common sense into 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 a, into and, a discussion. And mercantilist as well. That we look yeah, at the cost-benefit yeah. analysis and, and, and go with <laughs> right. one that has. The but it, it's part of a yeah. carefully <laughs> culture, a carefully cultivated and partially deserved um, reputation that we've built over over, over many years. <laughs> I'm literally losing the will to live. (laughs) Bring me the sweet embrace of the grave. (laughs) Embrace the void. Bring me the void. Just make it stop. Oh, Christ. (laughs) That's just all gone, huh? You don't even talk like that anymore. That sounds utterly naive. It sounds... It's... Just make it stop. Yeah. Just no. I think we should do the. I think we should finish with the lie, with the lie of the week. I don't believe you. You're a liar. Um, coffee towers. Yeah, you can edit that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
it out and put in some proper music, right? Yeah, of course, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I was just like feeling the waveform where, where I'm meant to do the editing. Right, okay, so, so, so two or three things. this is absolute bullshit. I mean, this, is, this, is, this, isn't, this isn't spin. This is lurking down the camera and lying about this on the coffee tower. Yeah, so um, who was it? It was one of the, it was one of the Leave organisations um, put a tweet out that was then retweeted by our friends Nadine Doris and others um, saying, look, the EU has imposed these enormous tariffs um, on coffee um, and coffee products and it, it just goes to show how much they hate um, um, the, poor. The, the poor and what protectionists they these, are. These are the same people who are saying that we should, that we should reduce our international yeah, development exactly. spending. They're exactly uh, yeah. the people who think <laughs> development spending is a waste of money. Know, the Venn diagram is just a single circle. Yeah, it's yeah. astonishing <laughs> yeah. hypocrisy. Yeah. But anyway, um, the, the lie is, of course, um, that um, pr- practically every coffee producer... Um, benefits from um, a whole host of tariff reduction mechanisms, bilateral agreements, whereby actually pretty much no no tariffs are paid on coffee products being imported into the EU. Now, and when they are, it's because they're a middle income. They're exactly. a middle income country, not, exactly. a, low, not a lower exactly. or lower middle income. Country, exactly, yeah. exactly. So um, I'm not going to go into detail on this because uh, I'm not actually an expert. But um, there was a fantastic. Um, thread um, posted by a chap called Jim Cornelius in reply to uh, Nadine Doris which just, I mean, demolishes the argument and I, we should stick, we, what we should do is, well wh- when we eventually get a website up we'll have some show notes and yeah, we'll put links we'll put and stuff into because that. Because it was outstanding. It yeah. went co- I mean it went country by country. Yeah, it was really it was a proper demolition but job the, it was great. But the core of it and what made the lie made the lie so ridiculous was that uh, the the reason this has been done was specifically to help poorer co- to help poorer countries as part of the uh, yeah. e- EPOs as part of economic partnership yeah. agreements that the yeah. EU is making with uh, with uh, ACP countries. Um, so uh, not only was it was it untrue that there were tariffs on coffee, but it was the 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 very opposite of true. That it was victimising yeah. yeah, countries, exactly. um, mm. because the tariff removals were actually part of EU development EU development policy, which incidentally is largely UK driven. <laughs> well, or has been historically. There, there, there's a massive um, element of UK foreign policy that is simply going to just dissolve away. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's yeah. I think that's maybe. Uh, we should, we should cover that at some point. There's quite actually, a lot to cover I mean, there. I mean, there's another one, one whole angle, which is sanctions, sanctions policy, and how the UK has driven, you know, EU sanctions policy. I, as I, a particularly major on Russia, but yeah. Zimbabwe as well. And it's yeah. just going to melt away. Anyway, listen, we, we need to wrap up. Okay. Um, so this has been the pilot. Um, we, if, if we, we might put it online, we might not. Um, we'll, we'll work it out. We'll listen to it. Uh, yeah, and um, and we may come back and do a proper one. We may not. <laughs> I think we will. It's been good. I think we'll do another one. Yeah. So you can catch me on Twitter at Otocrat, O-T-T-O-C-R-A-T. And you can get me at Guitar Moog. Uh, guitar Moog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and thank you very much. This is the first episode of Cake Watch. Yeah, it'll get more professional. Or funnier or better. Well, I'm not sure it got funnier or more professional. <laughs> what did you think? What do you think? So, it, what what I think is that it's interesting how repetitive 
we have right, been. Yeah. I mean, we managed to touch on pretty much every theme um, in that very first pilot, and we expanded upon them all at great length in subsequent uh, many subsequent podcasts. I mean, it's been I, it's been a fun year. It really has, and and I think. Um, Doing the yeah. podcast has been a, hi- a highlight of a hard year, actually. No, it's been yeah. brilliant. It's yeah. been one of the best things I've done, actually. I've, I've yeah. really enjoyed it. It's, it's really re-energised me. And um, it's, you know, and, and we took it in different directions as well. We did some really interesting stuff. We've had some fantastic guests. We've had some really great guests. guests so it has been. So thank you to everybody um, who has been with us on this journey um, from all, you know, every single listener and everybody who left uh, a review, including the One Star Guy. <laughs> What's that? I mean, yeah, and thank you for... We must have said the same things just over and over again yeah. in every episode. Yeah, which, exactly. So thank you for continuing to listen. Yeah, because I really... I mean, we were listening back to this and thinking, oh, my God, this Fucking is hell, just yeah. so repetitive. We just, we just say the same thing week in, week out every but you week. Could, but you, you, you could almost put the... So the things we the things we haven't listened... We haven't done clips of and talked about. If you know about the, the neutrality of civil service, we did stuff about the BBC and about the press. And... We're still talking about all of them. Yeah. We're still talking about Northern Ireland. We're still talking about the backstop. We're still talking about the customs union. You know, the as enormous amount has happened along the way. Yeah. You know, like we said, a week in Brexit is a, is a year in normal time. But at the same time, nothing's still nothing's nothing's resolved. Eh? Yeah, and it's not going to be even if there's a withdrawal agreement. I mean, I think that's the thing. There's going to be years and years and years of this. Uh, you know, Joe Mom started this uh, uh, make it stop hashtag and campaign. You know, if you're sick of fucking Brexit, the only way to not be talking about it for the next half decade to decade is to stop it. Yeah. And uh, and that's really true, you know. So, uh, um, and I mean, yeah, the thing that really stuck out for me about the episode was how bad we thought things had got at that point. Yeah. And how, how, even we didn't realise how much worse they yeah. were going to get and have. Yeah. 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 So that's cheery. <laughs> Listen, we've got, um, there are two things I want to do. Mm-hmm. The first is that I did promise um, supporter of the podcast, Brexology. Oh, yes. Yes. They are a supporter of the podcast. Very much so. They've done something quite impressive, which is they have built a massive Brexit database. Oh yes, which is really quite impressive. Um, so, brexitdb.com, b-r-e-x-i-t-d-b.com. Um, I promised to give him a plug on the on podcast, so this is the plug. But really, go and take a look at this. It's incredible. So it's basically just incredible. It's like the Wikipedia of, of Brexit. It's, it's got, wow. It's got. Um, uh, you can search for podcasts that talk about uh cake and you'll come on <laughs> but he's got he's, he's got you know he, he's entered all sorts of data into this database it's including incredible. all the stuff that we've talked about so you can find um episodes of this podcast what? but just it's many many so many things that so really it's, it's a very impressive piece of work so i do absolutely encourage anybody listening to go and take a look at brexitdb.com uh, or um, and follow Brexology underscore UK on Twitter. B R E X O L O G Y. Um, I use Steve T- Steve Pierce's timeline, the search function in Twitter like that. I just put whatever it is. 
yeah. from colon at Steve Pierce, yeah. and the answer appears in front of me. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, I mean, the only other thing to say really you is three that, things um, you said. That's only one. You should have two. Left. Three. Oh, I've got one other thing. I'm far too tired to be making any sort of kind of coherent sense at this point. But um, the only other thing I wanted to say is that um, this has been our anniversary podcast. Yes. Uh, which is very exciting, but we have also a very exciting podcast planned for next week, and we're not going to tell you what. No, we're not. Uh, it's a surprise. Got a secret, but we're not telling. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm excited about that. Tell us. No, we're not telling. No. No, we're not, not telling. telling. No. But it will be very exciting. No spoilers. It involves me leaving Brussels, which is very unusual as well. well I'll tell you what. I'll I tell you never what. Here's a spoiler. Brussels. Here's a spoiler. Well, you can't do that after we said we're not telling. It's a, no, it's, no it's, it's, it's a teaser then. Okay. Not a spoiler, it's a teaser. So, uh, Steve and Chris, road trip. Road trip. Toga. To- no, road, road trip. trip. <laughs> not toga, no. <laughs> Definitely not. No. <laughs> um, although I am going to Berkshire, aren't I, as well? We're going via Berkshire. We're going to Buckinghamshire. Buckinghamshire. Southern counties are all the same to me. You'd be about... Anyway, be about 300, yard, 300 yards. Look, I'm, I'm using the imperial system just for you. <laughs> 300 yards from the border of Berkshire. <laughs> the hard border. <laughs> the hard border country. <laughs> Berkshire. Uh, yeah. It's going to be It's going to be exciting. You're going to be... be um, and I, yeah. You're a, you're a shuttle virgin. I am a shuttle virgin. We're going to go on the. Should we ca- pop in your shuttle? We're going to go on the car car shuttle. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm. How many How many shuttle journeys have you I'm done? A, I'm a bit of a shuttle slag. Uh, I I worked it out once. I've been through the tunnel. Uh, God, is it a thousand? Is it five thousand? It's literally that. It's literally four figures. Bloody hell! At least. So I, I worked. No, it's more like. Yeah, it's well over. I, I don't, know, I don't, I don't have a car or a driver's license, so I've never been in them. Well, I mean, either the train or the car. I've only ever been on, on the train. One or yeah. the other, but but to collect, you know, together, I've been through that tunnel more times than I care to mention. I'm very excited. It's going to be very exciting. I'll get to see the cones as well. So, yeah, the M20 cones. Yeah, so really can't wait to show you the M20 cones. It's going to be great. It's going to be good. Well, thank you, everybody, and it, yeah, it has been amazing year of podcasting and thanks for everyone who supports us and continues to and everyone who's appeared and everything and everyone and wish, and we, everything. wish, wish we'd monetized it now <laughs> i know <laughs> shit we should have had a patreon could have, re- we? could have retired we could have had mugs and t-shirts and stuff it's like just our faces looking fucking grumpy on it would have been great uh, what's not love uh well as we play you out once again the dulcet tones of my friend by kamara going up the wrong way. Thank you very much for everyone. Good night. Your loss, they can't